Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. In this episode, I have the honor of talking with Danielle Hayden. She's a reformed corporate financial officer who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot as the CEO of Kickstart Accounting, where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education. She's also the author of the Profit Planner book series. When Danielle isn't in her money mindset, you can find her hiking or spending time with her family. This is a great interview. Kickstart Accounting is an interesting way to help you understand the language around finances. Danielle has poured her heart and soul. You'll hear how she uses the AHA framework, Anchor, Highlight, Activate, which is literally the retro engineering of a burnout equation. She uses this in her own development of Kickstart Accounting, which is in eight plus years of history and how she serves her clients with such passion and clarity in a vision to have a world where female entrepreneurs are in control, confident, and can make excellent and founded financial decisions. Danielle's amazing. This is a great interview. Check it out. Oh my goodness, so excited to interview Danielle Hayden with Kickstart Accounting. Now, this is more than just talking about money. We're going to dive deep on what our catalyst moments are and why we do need to look at finances. Danielle and her team have been instrumental in my recent leveling up because we're always in that upward spiral of growth. And really, it's about bringing awareness to some things that can be very vulnerable and private to talk about. And health is one of them. Doctors are very comfortable talking about health with their patients. Even when patients are, are nervous or cringy about their blood sugar or their pounds they see on the scale. But guess what? Finances are just as vulnerable and scary. And Danielle and her team have helped me bring awareness and understanding to those profit and loss statements and to all of this. So first, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on, Danielle. Oh, thank you for having me here. I was really, really looking forward to this episode and just jamming out with you. So excited. Yes. Yes. So let's start from the beginning. And you know, what is your big moment? I I know you you talked off the air, which I love. You said, I have a million and one catalyst moments, which don't we all, right? Little things that kind of push us one way or another. But can you pick one that kind of helped you launch into Kickstart? Like what made you want to have a Kickstart accounting? Yeah, so I can really pin the very specific moment, which I don't think I've I've talked about. Like in concepts, I've talked about this, but not the very specific moment. So I was sitting in a boardroom. I was the CFO for a mid-sized company, so two and a few million dollars in sales. I worked for the CEO as part of a management team. So I was the chief financial officer with our CEO, and then we had like our head of marketing, head of client services, our sales team. We were all sitting around the table getting ready for this board meeting. And our board was part of our private equity. So we were owned by 
private equity firm. So they had invested in our company. And ultimately what they were doing was helping us grow this company so that we could ultimately sell the company again. And yes, we would all make money off of it, but they would make a shit ton of money, right? Like they would make <laughs> yeah. a ton of money. And then we would all have, you know, like eat their leftover crumbs. So right. I right, like I was sitting in the boardroom getting ready for this this board meeting and looking at all the expertise and everything that I had learned throughout the years in supporting this group. And I said, I've had enough. I'm going to see this through, right? So I did end up seeing that company through and uh, help them sell the business. But I knew at that very moment that I wanted to take what I was learning and take what I was doing and give that to every single entrepreneur, especially women entrepreneurs. Now we work with men as well, but special place in my heart for, for women because every single woman needs to understand their numbers in their business, how to read a profit and loss statement, how to read a balance sheet, how to create a budget and have that information in a space that's non-judgmental, that is safe, right? Like my CEO didn't feel unsafe asking me questions. He asked me the most ridiculous questions, (laughs) right? He didn't feel embarrassed, but as women, we feel so embarrassed. Like we're supposed to know everything and we're supposed to wear all the capes. Right. And so having the safe place to ask questions and to be ourselves and say, I don't know what the hell you're talking about on this profit loss. <laughs> I love it. Danielle, you can see why I was like a moth to your flame. Cause I'm like, oh, you mean I can admit that I know nothing? Great. I am working with your team uh-huh. because you are you are demonstrating step one of three. We have the anchor highlight activate formula of not becoming burned out. You know, burnout is this sense that you don't matter, what you're doing isn't even making a difference, and you're emotionally exhausted. And you describe that so vividly in the story where you're sitting in this boardroom and you're like, okay, I see the bottom line. This isn't really serving me. I don't feel like I'm really making a difference. And you decided to anchor deep into your values and said, you know, I really want to help those small guys, the the small women and the businesses and those that are really passionate and help them understand and educate. So we thank you for what you're doing. Of course. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, And so you did this shift. And how long ago was that when you left? Well, I've owned Kickstart for eight years. So it's been a long journey. And that's why I said there's a million and one catalyst moments because then once we started Kickstart, there was a million more catalyst moments in there. But I think that was the number one shift to actually bring me to realize that there was something so much bigger that I could be doing. And let's be clear, this wasn't like... My friends and family didn't think this was like some great, brave decision, right? So my dad was like, I really am concerned that people are going to see this as you taking a step back or away from your career. And my mom was like, you know, Danielle, you have a really safe job and a really great career. I don't understand why you're ending it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, you know, but it's listening to that higher calling, right? Like I knew that there was something bigger and, and better, not just for me. Now, at this point, we have 25 women who work for us at Kickstart. And so Kickstart Accounting is its own entity. And Kickstart Accounting employs 25 women in a male-dominated industry. So we, we get to empower women in this industry who then in turn get to empower hundreds of other women to step into their power as entrepreneurs because a lot of entrepreneurs, like entrepreneurship is male dominated as well. 
And so they're able to step in and help them and see this confidence and this growth. And it all came from that moment of me listening to my intuition because I could have like shoved that down and said, you know what, Danielle, your parents are right. I had two, two kids. I have to get my head on my shoulders. I can't do that. I have to think really logically, but listening to my gut and then finding my way through that was so powerful. Oh, I love this. It's beautiful. And you're right. Listening to our intuition is hard, especially in male-dominated fields. Medicine is a perfect example, is very logical, very protocol-driven, very, very kind of, you know, metrics and all this. And, and we tend to put that intuition on the back burner and it atrophies and we forget how wise it can be. So that's awesome that you kind of held your ground and doubled down and said, you know, it just doesn't feel right. And sometimes that's all we can go on is, you know, we're just going to take that next step of that staircase. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I just know that this next step is where I want to be. And so thank you for doing that because you really have had this watershed moment where over those years, you've, you've seen that vision grow. And I just want to say also, thank you for, for acknowledging that intuition and that our value systems are different than our parents and our friends and people that love us very much. They have our, our, our wellness in mind, but they don't share the same values. And so sometimes what seems like a threat to them is actually really exciting and empowering to us. And, and you've proved it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting. When I came into this business, people used to tell me money mindset. And I was like, money mindset, what are you guys talking about? It's called numbers. There's no mindset. <laughs> like I, That's how I thought the first few years. And then I realized, oh, okay, money mindset. Now I get it. And so what I realized through the years is that everybody has a set of parents that were telling them a story, whatever the story was, intentional or not intentional. Like that mm-hmm. was not intentional of my, my parents. Mm-hmm. It was their upbringing that right. created their story. And it's funny because my mom was actually an entrepreneur before my, my parents had a business together before they had me. But having me made them flip the switch. And they said, I know we need nice, secure jobs. Yes. We need to yes. go get the white picket fence. But it was very generational. It was that yep. time period in, in the world. And so we carry all of these stories. Our parents are carrying their stories. They're giving their stories to us. And then you go to school and you have your teacher stories and your parents' friends' stories. And then all of a sudden we go into running a business and you're like, oh, wait, I feel really ashamed about having money. Or, oh my God, I don't feel confident to make that decision. Or I can't talk about money. I don't want to call my accountant. And you wonder why. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much gold right there. I mean, first of all, the intergenerational money stories, the environmental and cultural and neighborhood stories. I mean, it's just acknowledging that as a fact, right? Like you said, like you're trying on all these other stories and you're like, does this fit my situation? Most likely it doesn't. And that's where you have to kind of reinvent your own story, which is terrifying as an entrepreneur, because you're you're trying to pull at what you have, these shambles of of words of wisdom and how grandma saved money and what your mom and dad thought and what's safe and what's not safe. And so this is where we rely on asking who, not how. And you are the who. You are the experts of finances where we can say, hey, I don't have to know it all. Maybe this is not my zone of genius, but I want to know enough to speak the language. I may not want to live here, but I need to vacation here and I need to know the language. And and that's where Kickstart is so different. Because when I, I switched over and started working with your team, it was really powerful for me to have these monthly meetings and to look through the statements. Now, don't quiz me on it, Danielle, because I don't, I still have to keep my notes and look at the glossary terms and the language. But you don't have to, right? So that's the beautiful part is that once, once you have a team, when we start a business, all of a sudden, 
you're supposed to be the CEO, CFO, the marketing, the sales, right? So all those people who I mentioned that I was sitting at a board table with, all of a sudden, when we start a business, we're supposed to wear every single one of those hats, or we think we do. And so you don't need to, as a business owner, be able to regurgitate all the accounting terms. That wouldn't be a good use of your time. What is the best use of your time? And you know, talking about burnout, having another set of eyes who is the expert so that you are yes. not overwhelmed, drowning under the black cloud of bookkeeping and number, right? So you're not, you can get out of the black cloud saying, I know that this is taken care of. And now it's my responsibility is to step in, answer their questions, right? Because we do always have questions, answer our questions, read our emails, you know, make sure you're looking at the information we're sending and then questioning yourself because we're only as good as our questions. And so question yourself on how you're running your business and use your numbers to then ask better questions. Oh, I'm writing this down. We are only as good as our questions. Is that not the full truth? And when yeah. we look at designing a medical career that is flow channeled, you know, using the neuroscience of flow where it's almost autopilot, but it's this grandiose feeling of, I love what I'm doing. It's challenging enough. It's not too easy. It's flow channeled. We have to have feedback. We need feedback. Flow cannot exist unless you have feedback. Think of the, the person at the three-point line trying to aim for the basket. They need feedback each time they miss a basket. And when they hit the rim, their muscles recalibrate. And this is what you're doing is you're providing this constant feedback, like a warning light on the dashboard or yes. just a little check-in saying, hey, and it's so valuable because while we don't need to know it all, we need those experts to look at the dashboard and go, oh, I'm noticing this trend or I'm, have you been aware of this pattern? Let me help you with some other questions. And yeah, sometimes it's not comfortable to talk about finances, but when you have experts that are helping you, it's like gutter rails for bowling. You can always hit a strike <laughs> when you've got the bumpers in the aisles, yeah. you know? Yeah, use the use the, the gutter. Did you know that if you don't turn them on at the beginning of the game, you can't turn them on halfway through the game. No. Yeah. I did so not know that. Great. <laughs> but in entrepreneurship, you could put the rails up at any time. And I want to pause because it's really interesting that I thought, because I think this goes back to corporate, everybody needed to rein in their spending. We always had to cut back on spending. And that's so not true in entrepreneurship. There are actually so many people who need to let go of their money because they're holding on for dear life. And so knowing your numbers, right? So just having that email touch point. So our, every single one of our clients gets, we call it like our deliverable. It's this email narrative that highlights all of their numbers. And this can help you create the story. So you can decide what story your numbers are telling you. You can ask yourself questions to pull the information from, from that storyline. And then you can decide, do I need to put the guardrails up, right? Do I need bumpers? Yes. Right. And I can take them back down at any time because yes. we're not at the boy. And I can also give myself permission to spend. So yes. if I'm highly profitable and I'm holding back on everything because I'm scared, I can start to ask my question, myself questions. Why am I scared? Why do I feel like I can't spend? And you can ask your money team, like, right? You can respond to those emails. You can book a call and say, hey, I feel like I can't hire somebody or I feel like I can't go and redo my website or I feel like I can't launch this or do this. And a lot of our clients, again, I didn't realize this, need just reassurance that they're doing okay and that it's all right to spend the money. And 
entrepreneurship is lonely. So sometimes you just need someone to say, hey, freaking congratulations. Yes. Awesome job. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you, and you capitalize on this whole psychologically safe space to admit, let your hair down say, Hey, I, I don't really know, but getting that kudos and congratulations and reassurance and pat on the back. Hey, you're doing fine. It's also critical because I've used my kickstart team to ask questions on where I should invest my next part. You know, should I be over here or over here? Which line item do you think needs more attention? And it's been really great to hear their feedback because they have a different perspective and it can help you make wiser decisions decisions on where you're funneling, you know, your next investment in your business. So all the guardrails. And I love how you say they go up and down, up and down. And that's life. That is life. <laughs> that is life. So talk to me a little bit more about this unique connection that you have to, you know, functional medicine and holistic medicine, because like everything, you are in a male dominated field. It's a lot of hustle, a lot of proving your worth, a lot of productivity. And guess what? Doctors and nurse practitioners, we're all in that same boat. And so what happens is our cortisol levels get wonky and crazy and we're striving and then we're kind of spinning in mud. So share with us, you know, your, your connection to holistic medicine. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I am your definition of masculine energy and hustle culture combined. I had my kids young. I went to, I was going to grad school while I was working full-time, trying to still be healthy and maintain some kind of a personal life. Right. So I was doing all the things. As I started Kickstart, I was just hustling as much at home as I was hustling in my business. So I love to run ultra marathons. I'm a big Spartan racer and I love doing it. Like the more difficult it was, the more I loved it. You know, I bought the Peloton and I was doing every hit and Tabata class that I possibly could. And then I'd get off the bike and follow it up with a, with a workout. And it actually wasn't until my daughter was diagnosed with celiac. So she was coming home crying every day that she was having stomach pains. And so we took her to the doctor and they did some blood work. She had celiac. Uh, my poor mom, it sounds like I have it out for her today, but I don't. I promise, <laughs> promise mom if you listen. But she, my mom, she gets on saying, Danielle, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. Go get her scoped. And so we went and we got her scoped. And it turned out, despite eating gluten for another three months so she could get the scope done, she was not sick one time in those three months. So she had got off gluten for a year, went back on for three months. She wasn't in pain because her stomach had healed. She still had celiac. And watching her go through this pain of, she was mourning gluten. And that maybe sounds ridiculous as an adult, but not really, right? <laughs> because mm -hmm. imagine being left out, yeah. everywhere you go, right? right? And she was, she was in middle school at the time. So oh. they're still bringing cupcakes. Oh and yeah. Cake. And you're that kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And candy. And although I would pack her something like it just, it never mattered. She was the one left out. So during this time, I was getting so frustrated with our, with our medical care. And we would go to these dietitians, nutritionists to talk. And she wasn't getting the full overview of what she needed to do. And it felt very surface. We actually had a client, a friend who lives here in the Cleveland area that was a functional medicine practitioner. And Gianna started to see her. And I said, you know what, Gianna, I'll do whatever you do, right? I just want to support you through this. So I started to see them as well. We both went on this health journey together so that we could figure out how to invest in her health in the best way. 
turns out I actually really need gluten. <laughs> I do better when I have a little bit more of a full spectrum of, of foods to be able to eat. But during this discovery period, now I was working with this doctor on both a professional and a personal level. So it was beautiful to be able to watch this partnership where she could help me heal and I could help her heal, right? So I was healing her money, money mindset awesome. journey and she was helping me heal. Yeah. You know, through this, we realized my hormones and the cortisol. And I was just, you know, I'm in this high stress position of running this business and growing a team. And then I would, you know, wake up and I would stay fasted and I would do some type of either long endurance ride or hit ride and um, lift weights. Finally, she taught me how to care for myself and to dial back. And now a lot of my time is allowing myself to heal, right? Being allowing myself to, I, I teach yoga a few days a week, enjoy hiking rather than running and allowing my, my body to just enjoy the outdoors and being in that moment rather than it being so hardcore all the time, lifting weights, finding out how I can feel, feel my body with the right macros and healing my, my relationship with food and all while being able to support my daughter as she went through her own journey. That is beautiful. I mean, so many, so many areas to talk about. I have to pick one, but I just have to say first as a mom, that's so wonderful. You were able to support your daughter and it probably helped her feel not as alone. And, and how cool that you were able to kind of dig deeper into your health and see, and you're, you're highlighting the second step of the, the aha method, which is highlight. And we redefine our meaning of success. We redefine what milestones are good for us because not everybody's story is the same and and hustling and and getting your worth sourced from things like completing conferences or marathons or whatever can sometimes backfire and it causes that depletion and in what you're doing is you're readdressing this on that last part which is activate you're activating your vagal nerve you're activating all these other modalities to heal the parasympathetics and to downshift which is hard because we're all driven to like produce oh. and and it's hard to like let go oh. of that and put the clutch in and say, really, I'm supposed to not strive? Like how? That's my identity. Because we're all, I think, in this career trajectory for the same reasons. And kudos to you. What was the hardest for you to learn? Like, was there a tipping point where you realized, oh, this is good. I need to, to downshift. Or was it an easy thing for you just to kind of stop doing all that? Oh, God, no, it was not hard. Not easy. <laughs> so I was a cross-country runner in, in high school. And I love to compete. So that was, you know, something I just really, really enjoyed. And so when I started working with her and she said, I didn't listen to her for a long time. So I was like, yeah, sure, fine, sure. sure, whatever. And <laughs> right. I'm not running. And I'm not, not spinning. Like I was like, I don't care. I'm still doing it. It wasn't actually until I went through yoga teacher training that I was able to just start to get more in tune with my body and who I was and that feedback loop of what goes on in our mind. So practicing yoga. So they, it's a, it's a hot flow class with no mirrors. So you, it's just nice. you yourself and I, and so you're learning how to let go of that inner monologue. And I actually had no intention of teaching after I went through that program. I was just doing it for fun and something to do during COVID. But during that program, what I realized was two things. We did something called to give each other feedback. And so we would do a practice and then we would each give each other feedback. It is so hard to get feedback from your peers to say that you're doing something well or not well. 
and learning to accept positive feedback and just say, thank you and move on. And then to accept difficult feedback and say, thank you and move on. Right. Like you're not playing defense. Yes. You're not explaining yourself. Yes. You just say, or you're not dismissing you. it and saying, oh, well, uh, it's this old thing. Are you kidding? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, feedback is a gift. And and when someone dares to give us feedback, either good or bad, we should treat it the same. Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. So it really taught me how to give and receive feedback. And so I can do that. I can have very difficult conversations with my team with my clients. And it allowed me to learn how to give and take feedback. Secondly, talking about burnout, my mind, it does not matter. I will wake up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh, did you know, did this person send that email or did this person? Right. You know? It's like a <laughs> download of, of ideas that are waiting for you just to surface. <laughs> right, right. So I teach three days a week and it is the only three hours that I really could care less what my kids are doing. I don't care. Do whatever you need. I don't care what they think. I'm not thinking about my team. I am not thinking about what they need from me. I am not thinking about anything, literally anything, but the next breath that my class is going to take and where they're going to put their foot next. And so it just allowed me to calm my mind. So a literally long-winded way of, of telling you that was kind of my my moments, right? Like it was so hard for me to dial back, but I didn't have to dial back on everything all at one time. I could get my nutrition in line, right? So just finding some some space to get my nutrition in line and then dial back on the running and then focus on the yoga and the breath and calming my mind. Like they were small steps. And I believe that's what we all need to do in entrepreneurship too. You can't just dive in like, oh, I'm the accounting ex- expert. No, you're not. <laughs> we need to take it one step at a time. Beautiful. And I like how you reframed this as a general human experience that sometimes we don't know what will stick that landing or what will catalyze that person to change. Sometimes they have to experience it and kind of back into it, kind of like you did. Like you had an authority person saying, you should be doing these things. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I should probably stop doing that. Or maybe I should do more of this. Or maybe I should, you know, there's all the shoulds. And it's not until sometimes you experience something and then you're like, ooh, I want more of that. That hot yoga, that felt really good. I want more of that. And you started to realize those three hours a week are filling your cup, you know, literally, metaphorically, physically, you're feeling more refreshed. And you're showing that example that when we source our flow, our neurological flow of the the five chemicals of happiness, the neurochemicals, that's the time when you're in flow. It doesn't have to come from your job. It can. You can learn how to get into more flow in your job, but more often it comes from an outside source. And you're using that outside source because it is contagious. It will help you be a better person, a better mom, a better a better boss, a better everything when you're learning how to find that flow. So that is so cool that you have yeah. the three hours a week to kind of activate this emotional enthusiasm. Do you find that if you skip that or, or don't get to it, is it, can you feel oh. that in your body? I can definitely feel it. Like when I'm when I'm traveling and I'm not able to to either go to class or or it's really teach a class because you go to class, you're still thinking. <laughs> so when I'm missing that, I'm not able to get into as much flow in my business. And so I think it's a it's a great way to it doesn't have to be one thing, right? It's all the things. And that's you know, when we're working with our clients, that it's really easy again 
accountants are a lot of masculine energy, right? Because it's a lot of data. And so a lot of times we'll say to our clients, well, you know, do these 25 things or look at these 25 things. And it's really about, you know, as a business owner saying, okay, hold on. I can't look at 25 things. I can look at one chart. I can look at one chart this month and I can find flow in that. And now let me get used to looking at that one chart month after month. And now I can find the flow in that. Now maybe I can look at two charts and I can find the flow and I'm able to start to warm up to enjoying this process. Ooh, that is so beautiful. Yes, absolutely. You, You just demonstrated again, another hack for people that are looking to get more flow is if something feels overwhelming and hard, you chunk it down to the most simplest thing and systemize it and get it more automized and automatized. Is that even a word? I don't even know. But more automatic. Automatic. Automatic, Automatic, Yes. In your brain. And then once your brain has that space and that neural circuitry is all figured out and smooth, then you're like, all right, let's put more on there. And how, you know, and it just becomes this almost gamified approach to to getting more streamlined and flow. So what do you wish more people knew about the level? And basically, what do you wish more people knew about accounting? Specifically kickstart. (sighs) That it doesn't have to be so hard, right? Entrepreneurship is hard, right? So it's a really brave thing to become a business owner. And like, we don't have to make everything so hard. You don't have to wear all the hats. So give away hats that are easy to give away. And I think we are often one of the first few hires a company makes because it's an easy hat to take off of your head and you don't want to become an accounting expert anyway. It's not going to serve you in running your business. And so I think it's just that it doesn't have to be so hard and it's easier than you think to allow somebody to come in and help take this this plate off of your the hat off your your head then that can become automatic right so we would, we would just say how can you make that more automatic our clients get their financial statements with an email and charts automatically so without you doing anything it comes in automatically. Now you as the business owner have the responsibility to actually look at the information. But if you can create it as an automatic thing, then it creates an accountability for you as a business owner. If you're not ready for that, then create something else automatic for yourself, right? So maybe it's Finance Friday or Money Monday where you put aside an hour of the week to do your own bookkeeping and actually read the information. Maybe it's that you take one action step per week on building a better money mindset or starting to separate your business and personal finances or just start to talk about money and then build and build and build. Great advice. Absolutely. That's exactly what I did. I used alliteration as well when I was first beginning is Financial Fridays. And I forced myself to just look at the statements. I didn't quite understand them yet, but I knew that I needed to get myself used to this automatic process. And I can't tell you how awesome it is to find others in their zone of genius that love numbers that are, you know, the team that we have at Kickstart is amazing because they get so excited about numbers. And I'm just glad that they do (laughs) because I have now given that hat to them and said, great, you take it and run with it. I will definitely look at them, but I am no longer going to be the one responsible. It's, It's the team. And that's so fun to see others living out their zone of genius because they're so excited. And that's how we make entrepreneurship fun and easier. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And doesn't it help you find your flow, right? Because it's like, you know, when you don't want to do something and trust me, I have tasks like this in my business that I don't want to do them. And so they follow me around like a black cloud 
And then it keeps me from finding flow because I think that there's deep flow. Like when you love to do something and you can get lost in it, like I love a good spreadsheet. And all of a sudden, a few hours ago by, I know where I'm like, you know, just really in it, that's flow. And so, so if you could take the things that are following you off like a black cloud and it'll help you find the flow in the other areas of your business because it's not looming. Oh, yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. This has been really impactful. Before we end, you mentioned, you know, getting lost in flow in your job, in spreadsheets, in hot yoga. Is there any way or any new thing that you're curious about that maybe your nine-year-old self would have thought they wanted to try? Any other activities that you'd like to get into flow? Nine-year-old self wanted to actually be a marine biologist. So I don't think so. So not swimming, huh? (laughs) I live in Cleveland, Ohio. I don't think we'll be going there. Although I love the science center. We just, so no, I don't, nine-year-old self, I don't think there's anything there, but I love being able to, to help individual entrepreneurs. And as we've continued to grow, I would love to be able to help more people. So we are, are like curious about new ways to continue to reach more people. I realize that not every single business owner has the money or the luxury to be able to afford help. And so creating sponsorship opportunities. So for somebody who really needs our services, but can't afford them yet. So creating sponsorship opportunities, giving back to our communities. It's something that we were really focused on a few years ago and lost sight of. So it's on our 2023, like how do we continue to give back to our communities? How do we find wellness for our employees? More and more people are struggling with mental health and balance than ever before. So continuing to make sure that our team and our clients are finding that wellness and that mental space. And then how do we serve more people through our courses and our books? Because that is a way that we can get into touch with people who aren't yet ready for our services. Oh my gosh. It's like you're the parallel universe in the financial world as I am in the medical world, because that's exactly (laughs) what we talk about in like the catalyst culture with the the mentorship and the places that I speak and encourage. It's not just a one-on-one time. You can service people through courses, through books, through sponsorship. And now the world's opening up to this understanding that our healthcare system is definitely crumbling. So we need to start reinventing a new system. And some of the cool, innovative ways that people are doing this are things like, you know, scholarship programs or different ways you can reach patients with group visits. And you're doing the same in a financial world. So I just love that you're creating this culture of a world that you want to live in, similar to a lot of our Catalyst mentees are just saying, you know, I'm going to make a whole new system and and provide this kind of education and support for people at a varying cost level, because not everybody can afford the the top tier, but you can still get great benefit from a one-off course or just a downloadable can be life-changing to organize your thoughts. So thank you for everything you do at Kickstart. Yeah, thank you. Let's all disrupt our industries. I think these are two industries that are running on archaic systems. What we do at Kickstart is pretty unheard of. I go to see, you know, continuing education events and the other CPA firms aren't doing that, right? Like it's not, it's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're coming around post-COVID, but we're allowed as business owners to disrupt the industry and we can break the mold and, and recreate it. Oh, love this. Great quote to end our interview. So <laughs> for everybody listening, where can they find out more from Kickstart? Kickstartaccountinc.com. You can learn all about us there, entrepreneur money stories. I know you'll be a guest coming up soon. You can listen to our podcast and 
If you just wanted to learn more, go to kickstartaccountinginc.com slash bootcamp and you can sign up for a five-day video series on just how to work through your money mindset and start to just download more information. Because like that's the first step, right? What we talked about, you're like, ah, I'm not ready for all that. But you can take one step and it might just be watching those five videos. Beautiful. Thank you, Danielle Hayden. It's been a pleasure. I love how you're coloring outside the lines of this industry. And especially with the, you know, being the boss woman that you are, we're all better off for it. So thank you for being a guest. And to everybody else, keep coloring outside the lines and we'll see you next time. One of the main things that we struggle with in functional medicine is overwhelm. Everything can feel like it's difficult to describe to patients, difficult for them to understand. It's sort of like being a weatherman or weather person. You're trying to create this expectation, but it hinges on so many variables. And you know what? Some patients just want to know, is it going to be hot or cold? Other patients want to know exactly how to dress for the weather. So the biggest asset you can do as a functional and holistic medical practitioner is to be clear, colorful, and innovative in how you explain functional medicine. And I've got the exact thing for you to streamline your clinic operations. Check out the premium subscription box. It's a delivery service, a monthly inbox delivery service right to your email with the best digital tools. In your first welcome box, you'll already have immediate access to over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Yes, you can put your logo on, you can change the text, you can translate, you can change the colors. I've done 90% of the work for you and you can just put the icing on the cake and you get a free copy of my memoir as well as a complimentary mentoring session. Now, every monthly box after that, you get a brand new infographic release. You get vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio. You get SOPs and templates, anything that you can use that will help streamline your operations. It's like a mini mentorship delivered conveniently right to your inbox. If you'd like to learn more, go to drlarasalier.com forward slash Catalyst. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. If you're a functional medicine practitioner, download my free 10-page checklist to catalyze your next steps in your business. This will give you clarity and you will understand where to invest your next time, energy, and effort so that you can start coloring outside the lines to create your most beautiful work-life masterpiece.